All right, let's go back to Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8. And if you want to turn to your Bibles there, I would appreciate that. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. A well-known passage. Jesus, in this passage, is encouraging you to ask questions about life. When you lack understanding, he is the one who imparts wisdom and knowledge. Amen? He is the one who gives you wisdom and knowledge. When we are young, we have to go to school. Because we don't know everything. Amen? We have to go to grade school, elementary school, high school. And for those of us who went on to college or a trade school, we have to learn things as time goes along in order to do what? Perform at an optimal level as a human being. Education is so important. And in this case, God is encouraging you through the words of Jesus Christ, to get educated. Ask questions. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So the worst person is one who has no desire to do anything. Doesn't want to learn, doesn't want any understanding, doesn't just sits on his behind, or her behind, and just doesn't want to do anything. Because you are content in your own ignorance. Now, is that a harsh thing to say? Perhaps. But is it true? Absolutely. Sometimes the truth can be very harsh. We have a responsibility. If Jesus is telling us to ask, he's going to give you what you're looking for. Asking, seeking, and knocking, he is going to give you the information that you need to be able to function. And when it comes to prayer, he's going to do the very same thing. For those of us who have had unanswered prayer, what should we be doing? Pray some more. Amen? Pray some more. If we're getting unanswered prayer, we should be praying some more. Now, of course, there's little footnotes to that comment. The footnote is that you need to ask yourself the question, are you indeed in proper fellowship with Jesus Christ? And when I say proper fellowship... I'm referring to your life in Christ. Are you truly serving Christ in whatever you're doing? Are you truly going after him? In other words, don't pray for something and you're sending up a storm. Because you're not in fellowship with him. And you can't expect him to answer questions for you if you are living your own life in the flesh. So that's a little footnote we have to put in there. We won't dwell on that, but we need to understand that that is part of this whole thing about asking, seeking, and knocking. Don't ask, seek, and knock in the flesh. Because you don't need to ask anything. You already know what you're going to do anyway. If you're going to sin, you already know what you're going to do. 
You already know how you're going to perform for that day. You don't need Jesus' advice on how to do that. He wouldn't give it to you anyway. Okay. So let's look at that, that passage again, and let's consider back at the top of page two of our handout. Consider how God hears and answers our prayers. And we ask the three different verbs that Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, 7 to employ when he prays. He says, ask, seek, and knock. That's one, two, and three. That was the easy answer to that part of the passage there. And then the second part, the results listed in verse 8. What are the results? Receive, find, and opened. As in the door is going to be open. Plain and simple. He is giving you information for you to understand exactly how he responds if you are seeking him with all sincerity, with prayer. He's going to give it to you. Now, we need to also keep in mind, though, too, that God is going to do all this according to his will and his timing and his purpose, but he also is not going to leave you hanging. Not going to leave you hanging. And that's why we have to have a continual effort of prayer. What's the passage in 1 Thessalonians 5:17? Pray without ceasing, pray continually. Right? Do you need one? Oh, okay. No, no problem. There you go. Mm-hmm. Pray continually. Pray continually is our daily responsibility. It's our daily life activity when it comes to seeking the Lord. Amen? That's how we are supposed to be. That's what we should be doing. And understand that that prayer does several things. Prayer helps you to be sensitive not just to yourself, but sensitive to others. Amen? Sensitive to other people in your life. Prayer allows you to do those very things. God gives you through the Spirit... A significant amount of ability to be able to discern and know and be available for people who are ready to talk about Jesus as you are ready to talk about Jesus. And hopefully you're talking about Jesus from your personal experiences in life. That's what it comes down to. So we know the results. We ask, we seek and knock and then receive and find experience in an open door. Does that mean we can ask? Now, for those of you who were not here last time, we were talking about something as simple as praying about the outcome of a football game. Okay? Which, for some people, is like, eh. But again, as a reminder, God doesn't give us any limitation as to how we approach him. Amen? He doesn't limit us. If you want to pray about the outcome of a football game... That's fine. So let's ask the question. Does that mean we can ask, seek, and knock even about football games? Now, isn't a football win sort of like asking for a bread or a fish when Jesus compared God to a good father who gives bread when it is requested, not a stone or a snake? Now look on the handout at Matthew 7:11. I wrote it out there for you. Matthew 7:11, which is just further down from Matthew 7 and 8. If, then, who are, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? We need to understand that 
Even people who don't know the Lord know how to do good things. Amen? We know that. We've seen that. We have evidence of that. People who don't know the Lord know how to do good things. So what do you think Jesus is going to do for you if you are sincerely seeking him in prayer? He is going to certainly do that and much more for those who ask him. Sometimes we have to be reminded of that. Sometimes we have to stop and take a pause and be reminded of God's goodness. God's goodness. Very important for us to see this here. How did Jesus conclude the Father God comparison in Matthew 7:11? Certainly, what he's saying is that he can give and answer those prayers and be good and give you good gifts. If you sincerely seek him and ask him, asking, seeking and knocking. Remember, what were the results? Open doors. He gives results. It's something for us to keep in mind as we look at this. You'll receive it. You will find answers. Okay. Going down a little bit further past there where it says the Greek word in that paragraph there. The Greek word at the end of the verse translated good, agatha, is a plural noun form and refers to the plural good gifts in the phrase that comes right before it. More than one good gift is acknowledged. God promises to give us good gifts. What could those possibly be? Now, football wins. Now, understand something. Sometimes we don't see the forest for the trees. There are a lot of good things that happen in our lives, and they go by sometimes without recognizing where they come from. Let's talk about travel mercies. I can probably count on both hands a couple times, and Lynn and I have talked about this on occasion, where sometimes we're delayed or sometimes something happens on the road, and sure enough, we miss accidents. Amen? Now, everybody knows what that is. Everybody can relate to that. You've been out on the road and you've missed stuff that happens in front of you. And goodness knows, driving in on I-480 in Cleveland, Monday through Friday, it's like chaos on the road. There's always something happening. And, you know, just the other Friday, you know, Friday night, Lynn was at home. I'm coming home from work. It was worse getting home than it was going to work because it was slippery. And you see cars off the side of the road. You see this over here. You see this over here. All kinds of stuff going on because people just don't know how to drive sometimes in the wintertime. But the one thing you don't want to have happen, and this is thing, breaking it down real simple, you don't want to get caught up in somebody else's mess. Amen? You don't want it. It's a big hassle. Now, if God allows it, that's another thing. There's a lesson in there somewhere. But that's a good gift. You don't sometimes think of it that way, but it's a good gift. It's something that if you're praying, Lord, give me travel mercies from point A to point B, and he gives it to you, praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Now, are football wins in that category? Well, sure they are. It's a good gift. 
anything that you pray for, large or small, sometimes we think like this. We're praying way up in the air. Sometimes we need to be right here. Pray for the simple things. Remember, for depending on what part of life you're in and what time of life you're in, sometimes the prayer for a good gift is the Lord and help me to not have a bad reaction to this medicine I'm taking. And well, for, well, for you, that might be all the time. <laughs> but it depends on the stage of life. It depends on who you are, doesn't it? So a good day is having a day without bad reactions and there's pain control. That's a good day. That's a gift. I hope you see where I'm going with this. I challenge you to maintain an open mind when it comes to God's response to your prayers. I think some of the stuff we were talking about here before, about football wins and stuff like that, was being deliberately provocative to make you think. Expand your thinking. Because some of us have hidden barriers when it comes to God's ability to act. Prayer response is one of those barriers. In other words, your expectation is this is so small, this is so insignificant, why would God care about that? Excuse me. God cares about everything and anything about you. So why are you putting a barrier in place? Why are you restricting how God cares about you? Because you think that what you're praying for is insignificant. Why would you do that? There's no reason to do that. Yes, sir. Okay. Watch your mouth. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm just, kidding. I'm just messing with you. Okay. The dog lived out in the woods for a month in Coyote Country. Okay. We got a phone call and they said we think we lost the dog. We went looking for the dog. She must have been out there seven or eight times. A couple of people told me not to take her out there because we was probably gonna be there wasn't gonna be a lot left of him. Right. Okay. Something had got a hold of him. He cleaned him up and put a chip in him and everything else. And everybody asked him, said, dude, is that the same dog that you lost? And I said, yes. And she prayed, I prayed, yeah, Pastor Brown prayed, a whole bunch of people prayed. Mm-hmm. 30 days later, mm-hmm. a dog this big that we still have now is still here. Amen. In the woods by himself. Mm-hmm. That's food. That, everybody knows that's food. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? That's coyote country. There's coyotes and all kinds of stuff out there. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that it was significant to her. Amen. It's amazing what you'll do for your child. But the point I was trying to make simply is, is this: what he just said is, it's what's important to you. 
Everybody else is sitting there thinking, dude, it's just a dog. That's right. But for her, it was her dog. That's right. And there was nothing her dad could do. There was nothing anybody else could do. So she left it up to, to God to do. Could have worked out a whole, a whole bunch of other ways. But in that one incident, there's a, a version of answered prayer for your child. And for me, because I was kind of like, dude. Well let, me, well, let me add something to this here. The most important person here we're talking about is you. Your answers that you receive for prayer. He just told a story he will never forget. And he'll share it with other people. His daughter has a story now about what happened with his answer to prayer that she'll never forget. And she'll share that story. This is where it's very important for us to see that God answers your specific individual prayers for you to see his good, not his goodness, his greatness. In spite of all odds, all human knowledge and reasoning, that dog is alive today. Because, yeah, coyotes will tear that dog apart under normal circumstances. Everybody knows that. So that testimony now goes with them to share to whoever to see an example of what God can do. That's why it's important for you to not limit in any way, shape, or form what you think God can do. Because that's what we will do. We will limit based upon saying, oh, this is a small thing. This is a little thing. We've got to see that and understand that. And this should help to expand your way of reasoning and thinking about what God can do. We know God can do great healings and all these wonderful things we always read about and see about. But little stuff like this, we also need to see it too. It's all part of the picture. It's all part of God's goodness. God is relating specifically to you in these instances. Yes, Debbie. Yesterday? i got to come over so I can hear you. Yes, I do. Yes, I remember. He came up from Cincinnati, and you know it was horrible country. And so he said, oh, it was, it was sunny out of, you know, out of Columbus. Yep. And he hit Medina, and it was horrible. That's right. You know, and it just started coming on. I said, Lord, just put your angels around his heart and give him safe. But he pulled up my brother. Thank the Lord. Now, you know, yesterday we had a very busy day. We did a whole lot of things. And mm-hmm. I had, last night I had to drive back from down from here. Back, on, back home last night. Mm-hmm. I said, God, you know, I can't see any. Well, I can't see because you give me cataract surgery. But anyway, um, I had to go through that route eight, you know, where all the construction and everything. Yep. So I didn't want, like, any precipitation whatsoever. Well, you know, when we left there last night for the concert, mm-hmm. was it not a clear night? Yes, it was. I said, thank you, Lord. So I said, Lord, just so I can see the lines. So I can see the lines, you know. But then that was because he knows that I am weak when it comes to dress. Don't let me, don't let snow mm-hmm. flurries fall because I'm in trouble. You know, but I mean, Amen. He knows who I am. He knows just exactly what will, will help me. And I said, you know what? Put in there just for me. Amen. Now, that's personalizing it right there. That was no, no snow, no bad weather because of Debbie. <laughs> but you have to understand it's what's important to Debbie. And it would be important to most of us anyway. But that's evidence of God responding and answering what can be deemed by others 
in all seriousness, as not important. But that doesn't matter. It's important to you. Did you have your hand up? Yeah, I'm sorry. It's funny, too, kind of relate to Debbie because we had to go get Terry up a cleaner. Yes. And with the, for the last week, if you look on the weather on your phone, for the next eight days, it'll tell you it's going to rain or it's going to snow or it's going to be sunny. Or mm-hmm. Yes, it's been done a lot of that lately. That's what I was going by. Okay, yeah. It's not going to snow. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. And then the day yesterday, we were going up there to start seeing a few little flurries. <laughs> but it was clear. Yeah. You know, I mean, it snowed the day before. It was mm-hmm. clear for us. That's right. And, you know, so you, sadly, we try to plan yeah. how we're going to feel. Yes. You just said a great word, how we're going to feel. How we're going to feel. Yeah. Right. I got it. It's, it's amazing. Now, so now you understand where I'm going with this. Eliminate your barriers when it comes to God answering prayer. Because there are no barriers. You put the barriers in place. God doesn't. Doesn't tell you to. Doesn't tell you, doesn't tell you about how to pray for something small. He just says pray. Give it to him. Let him have it. So what do you think good gifts means? We just had some examples of it. A good gift, first of all, peace of mind. Peace of mind is a great gift. Amen? Peace of mind. Because conditions that you prayed for came out in such a way that maybe even surprised you. You've got peace of mind. You've got something that you didn't have before. It's a good gift. What else? Any others that you can think of? What are good gifts? We've given examples. Pardon me? Gifts you weren't expecting. What is a gift? When someone gives you a gift, like a birthday present, it may be something you didn't expect. A good gift is something that you get you don't expect. That's a great answer. Yes. A reasonable portion of health. A reasonable portion of health. Okay. I like that. We know how our bodies react when we get older. Amen? A reasonable portion of health for some of us is a very, very good gift. Yes. Oh, we forgot about that. You can see that. You can see that right now. The invention, right? <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. And pieces, see, this is who 
Amen. Yep. That's right. I mean, nobody but a God could have put a system together. Now, they're still trying to figure out this system. Amen. So that's a good gift because he put us together in our <laughs> Amen. Well, you, I don't know if you were going to say something. Oh, I was just going to say, I think we touched a little bit last week about the Lord sent people, put people in this world to be encouragers. So that's a gift. Yes. That's a gift because they know just... Yes. Did everybody hear that? The Lord sends people in your life to encourage you. You know what? The message today actually is going to talk about that. Very good. As a, as a, you kind of led into that, but that worked out well. Um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Something that's beneficial to the recipient. Beneficial to the recipient. Okay. Now, what you're doing with all this information now is personalizing it, aren't you? Personalizing it. I mean, Jim and Donna have Terry here. That's a good gift. Amen? Amen? So, that's a good gift. <laughs> Debbie has her, bro- his, her brother in here in town. That's a good gift for her, too. Amen. So, we recognize those things, too. Being able to talk to my daughter, even if it's texting, is a good gift. That's a small thing. But it's a good gift for, well, it's, it's relative, it's personal to me. I know. Okay. Then it's huge. <laughs> but we recognize it's very important. It's important for the individual. No limitations on your prayer, amen? No limitations on what you pray for and how you pray for it. That's the big takeaway for today. Our bodies what now? Heal themselves. Okay. Well, yeah, we have white blood cells. What do white blood cells do? White blood cells are supposed to fight infection. We have a very, very beautiful thing being created as we are. Those things are built in. You're exactly right. Okay. So now, if you look at the context of Jesus' words in Matthew 6 and 7, you're going to find good gifts connected to developing your character. Those good gifts do what? Develop your character. They develop who you are as a person. They strengthen your faith. They reinforce your walk with Christ. Good gifts do those very things. Because the first thing you want to do is say, thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. They build your character. They build your Christian character. But they build your character overall, too. Your overall character. God's good gifts lead you to, you and me, giving, praying, forgiving, fasting, storing up treasure, not worrying, eating, and being wise. A good attitude makes you do all kinds of wonderful things. Including what? Take care of yourself. Something like that, as simple as taking care of yourself. Miss Terry is in the business of fitness training, and she's out there trying to murder people day and night. I, yeah, I know that. Well, all fitness trainers are trying to murder people, okay? Because I have a fitness trainer that, is, that works at my job as well, too, and she wants to murder everybody who's in her class because she works them out and, you know, gets them to sweat and go, oh, my gosh, you know. 
But what are they doing? They're toning muscle. They're, you know, they're losing weight. They're doing all that. But it's, it's, it's committing murder, okay? I'm just telling you right now. But that's what fitness trainers do. But what they're doing is they're teaching you how to take care of your body. That's a very important thing to do. It's nothing to play around with. We don't want to minimize that. You know, as we get older, we realize we've got to do something. We can't just sit around, right? So we either roller skate or we work out. We do whatever we can just to stay loose, okay? Amen. And whenever there's a make some pains, we'll take some CBD oil and just keep on moving. Amen. So, <laughs> but we're taking care of our... <laughs> we're taking care of ourselves. That's what we need to understand. CBD oil. Oh, will you stop? I'm going to... See me after class. Another gift from God, because it's a natural... That's right. There you go. No, I'm not, no, I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm moving on now. So now we're... But these things... Yeah, I know I started it, but that's yeah, okay. We're all friends here. So we all have good, good gifts that lead us to do what? Think about other people, too. Think about others. You're taking care of yourself. You're now looking at taking care of others. You just said the words before about encouraging other people. That's what this fellowship is all about. We're here to encourage each other. We're here to be encouraged by what God can do in our lives. We all have our own lives we live as individuals, and we're all in different stages of health and ages. But God is still going to do things for you as a person individually based upon where you are. Amen? Okay. We all get that. So if you were discipling a new believer, top of page three, how would you explain that those fruits of a godly character may be some of the good gifts God is concerned about giving us? Well, let's start with discipling a new believer. What do you have that the new believer doesn't have when it comes to life? What do you have that the new believer doesn't? Experience. You have experience. You have experience based upon what? Trial and error, doing different things, living a certain life, knowing that God is going to bless you abundantly if you're seeking after him. You have experience. That new believer has no idea what that is. That new believer has to understand those different areas of experience. Hey, tell the story about the little dog that was in the, in the woods for 30 days. And show how God does the small things so that person can focus on what? The small things. We usually have big dreams, right? We dream about what career are we going to have? What are we going to do when we're in our 50s? What are we going to do this? What, are we gonna do? what about the small stuff? Pray to him about those little things that God has done in your life and share those things with a new believer so they can see that God works on all different planes of the spectrum. If you're only talking about grandiose things, you know what? You're selling God short. You're not giving enough information. Look, when I was going through depression, I'm going to tell you something right now. A good gift was getting hour by hour by hour. Amen? Now look, that's what we have to understand and share with people sometimes too. Sometimes just getting from one hour to the next hour to the next hour. And that's a gift. 
That's a gift. Absolutely. Relatability. You were just going to say it. That's right. Amen. One thousand percent correct. Relatability. Show yourself as a human being as you're discipling someone who's a new believer. You don't want to look like some pious individual who looks like they got everything together. Everything's going on, you know, you know what I'm saying? Looking bigger than life, okay? Yeah, that's the wrong approach because you have to understand something. Even new believers are going to have preconceived notions about people they come in contact with. The moment you let your guard down, guess what? You've got a better shot at ministering to them and sharing with them. And of course, since we veered off into this course, Uh, of talking about discipleship. And as we learn about prayer and how God answers prayer, the big stuff and the small stuff, now we have a greater understanding as to how we disciple other people and talk to them about what God has done. You know what? You're going to have to be vulnerable to a certain degree. You know, but don't do what the woman did on TV on Family Feud, talking about I got bad credit, you know, and just sharing that with everybody like millions of people. Yeah, don't do that. That's that's overdoing it, okay? We don't want to. You know, she did do that. Yes, you have to use discernment as far as what you're doing. You don't share with everybody your your personal business like that. But you are vulnerable to the degree where it's not going to be something that's going to come back and bite you. And you can do that, okay? Yeah, don't don't go overboard. All right. That just popped in my head, trust me. When stuff just starts popping in your head. When you're a creative like I am, used to, your mind is going crazy as you're talking. So thank you for indulging that for me. So we understand that these good gifts bring about godly character. Godly character that you can use to share with a new believer on what it is to be godly. What that means and understanding and recognizing that, yes, you can pray for a better life. That's a very nebulous prayer, though. A better life. What does that mean? It means whatever it means to the individual. But, you know, you have to understand something that sometimes we have to simplify a little bit more and get down deeper as to what are you really praying for. The most important thing you can pray for is a better, healthier, vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the most important thing that you can pray for. And all the stuff that goes under that umbrella, whatever that is, it starts there. Someone had their, yes, sorry. Yeah. Things like Terry say that they're dealing with, but mm-hmm. they think because I'm a Christian, 
I shouldn't be sharing it with nobody, or I don't want anybody to know about that. But just you come alongside, being relatable, and say, oh, girl, yeah, I, I dealt with that, and here's how the Lord helped me mm-hmm. deal with that thing, or, you know, whatever. Because we tend to think because we're in these walls, we're coming with this, yep. we, we all fix up. And we kind of, in a sense, push people to the side because you're okay because you're coming. Mm-hmm. And we're not. We're not connecting. We're coming here. Mm-hmm. And outside of here, we're not connecting and we're not relatable. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, sometimes the body itself is dying because yep. we're worried about the new, the none, and, you know, yep. what we forget about the body and the family itself. So consider this, based upon that comment, because we're going to close out because that was the second bell. Humble yourself, and you'll be exalted. If you can't share with someone and disciple someone, you haven't humbled yourself effectively. Keep that in mind. What does Jesus say? Humble yourself. If you have barriers or places in your life you're not seeking after him, you're not asking him for discernment on how to share, you're not talking to him, you haven't humbled yourself. Period. There's no argument there. Because God wants us to share about his goodness, and his goodness is related to you. So you have to share about yourself. Amen? All right. And that's going to lead into our message today. Amen. So let's move forward and remember that. And let's, look, let's go ahead and close out in prayer. Father, thank you for this time that you've given us to truly look at how we view prayers. And Lord, you tell us there's nothing too large or too small to pray for. Lord, you just want us to give of ourselves, give our hearts to you. What's really on our minds, what's really going on in our lives. And Lord, you respond in kind and answer what may be deemed by others as insignificant prayers And yet they are very significant to us. We thank you for the evidence that you've given us even today in class to share. We thank you for this information. We thank you for your loving presence. Remind us of this day by day as we continually pray without ceasing. As we look to you in all these things. And we give you thanks and praise. And we pray that... Lord, that you'll be glorified in what's being said in the message today. And we give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. We will see you next time.
Somebody say it. 